We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cast. Good morning. Homeownership is a goal for many Americans striving for financial security and success. A home's growing value is how many families build wealth they can pass along. Maryland's home ownership rate is high. Nearly three out of four homes here, to be precise, 73% are lived in by the people who own them, according to a 2021 report from the National Association of Realtors. Home ownership among black households is high too. In fact, higher than any other state, tied with South Carolina at 52%. One of the persistent challenges faced by black homeowners is how the government and the commercial housing industry value their homes. Asia Mallory wrote about these challenges in a recent op-ed for our news partner, The Baltimore Banner. She's a senior staff attorney at the Maryland Volunteer Lawyers Service. Welcome to the show, Asia. Hi, thank you for having me. The title of your recent op-ed is Time to Bridge Home Valuation Biases Affecting Black Homeowners. You're writing about two processes here, tax assessments and home appraisals. When do homeowners typically encounter each of these provisions? So with home appraisals, they're usually um, encountering them when they want to sell their home or when they are trying to refinance their home. Um, That's typically when they see the appraisal part of it. Assessments um, usually happen every three years. So every three years, a homeowner may get a letter from Maryland stating that, oh, we have just reassessed your home and your property value has either increased or decreased, decreased by this amount. And it will usually tell them what their new property taxes will be for the upcoming year. Well, according to a December 2022 report to the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development that was compiled by the University of Maryland's National Center for Smart Growth, the state's tax assessment process consistently leads to higher assessments for properties in Black neighborhoods, and that leads to higher taxes for Black homeowners than white homeowners. What is it about the state's methods that lead to this racial bias? Oh, so there are several appraisal methods that the state will use. Um, I can specifically talk to talk to you about Baltimore City. So in Baltimore City, there are two appraisal methods. Um, one is called the mass appraisal, and then the other is called the income approach appraisal method. Essentially, the mass appraisal is that um, the appraiser just goes into the neighborhood and appraises everyone's house based on what is in the neighborhood. So they're looking at rental homes versus just owner-occupied homes, commercial properties, um, other like like the Maryland Zoo, like uh, that get that are attractions. That's what that's the word they use. Attractions. So in the mass appraisal, everyone gets appraised based on what is in the neighborhood. The income approach um, appraisal method usually bases your usually they use like the income from commercial property so rental homes are considered commercial properties so they will often homeowners living in areas with a lot of rental homes will often have their property assessed using a method that considers considers the revenue generated from rental properties and other businesses in the community but the issue with um that approach of using the revenue from 
commercial properties is that often the business owners do not report their revenue, the revenue that they generated or the revenue that they're lost. In addition, the homeowners, they don't earn money from the businesses in their neighborhood, nor do they get any benefit from like attractions in their neighborhood, like the Maryland Zoo or golf courses or waterfronts. They don't see the income from that, but yet their property is being assessed based on those businesses and attractions being in the being in the community. And even though you, you've been mentioning appraisal, we're talking about the, the, the state tax assessment, correct? Yeah. The assessment. These methods you're describing, they deal with numbers and data sets. How does racial bias figure in if the state can say, this is just what the numbers are telling us? So essentially, they don't, they don't take into account the, the long history of housing race, house, housing racism and discrimination that has occurred in the neighborhood. Um, they don't consider that the fact they don't consider the fact that this uh, one neighborhood in Baltimore City is not their properties will not um, increase in value in comparison to the white counterpart, their white counterpart neighborhood, because they don't have the they're not, I'm, look, I've just lost the word. Essentially, they're not being developed as quickly as their their neighboring counterparts. So when we look at housing discrimination and housing racism, these neighborhoods have literally been redlined. The, they're, you're sucking the wealth out of the community, but then you're then over-appraising them. You're over-assessing them, taking more wealth out of them because you're thinking that Oh, this house that was created in 1980, which it has five bedrooms and five bathrooms, it will increase in value as the same house built in like Canton that is five bedrooms and five bathrooms when that is simply not true. Um, so that is one way how race is taken, taken into account. They are ignoring the racial history behind the communities and just acting as if everything will grow the same. Everything is going to grow equally when that is not true. Um, the cost of implicit racial bias often undervalues Black homeowners while often over-appraising them or over-assessing them. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Aja Mallory, who spoke about addressing racial bias in the appraisal and tax assessment process for our news partner, The Baltimore Banner. We've been talking about assessments, appraisals, which are done by professional home appraisers when a homeowner is looking to sell or to refinance are also an issue. What's the problem there? So the, again, I think um, we can go back to just the appraisal methods are just unreliable generally um, because they are not inspecting houses individually. They are just using this formula to inspect the entire neighborhood, not taking into account that one house is not the same as the next house or something like that. Um, so being essentially, again, the 1980 home, even though it's five bedrooms, five baths, it may not be in the best condition, being appraised to the same value as a 2023 five bedroom, five bedroom home. That is one of the big issues with that. Um, and then again, I will just reiterate the appraisal methods being used are just unreliable. 
In 2022, Maryland created the Task Force on Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity to study the misvaluation of property owned by minorities and to suggest reforms. They began meeting monthly in October 2022 and will submit their report to Governor Westmore in the General Assembly later this year. What do you suggest that they focus on? So personally, I think they should focus on how to um, reduce implicit bias in both appraisal and assessments. Um, Essentially, what they can do is trying to find ways for policy recommendations that would um, inform the appraisers, that would take into account some of the barriers people have when they are dealing with their, um, when they are trying to sell their home in certain neighborhoods. They should take into account that in the neighborhoods, not everybody is getting revenue based on based on the commercial properties in the community. So if one neighborhood that sees a number of rental properties versus another neighbor, neighborhood that has actual businesses, they are not going to see the same income coming into those communities as each other. Like the rental homes are people living there, businesses are generating money for their community. They're just not going to see that revenue in those two different neighborhoods. Um, The other thing is they need to take into account the history of racial segregation in Baltimore. Um, Just going back to the, all the way back to the 1911 city council policy that created housing segregation period. Um, They just need to take in, take account for that history and what it has done to communities going forward up until now. How much do you think this problem is costing Black and Brown homeowners in Maryland? So the by undervaluing Black or Latina, Latinx populations, um, on average, if a person is trying to sell their home in appraisals, um, they are losing roughly on average $48,000 when they're getting appraisals. Um, that is amounting in cumulative losses to over $156 billion, just an average of the amount of wealth being taken from Black homeowners and their appraisals. Last September, WIPR's midday host Tom Hall interviewed Dr. Nathan Connolly and Dr. Shani Mott. They are an African-American couple who live in the affluent, mostly white neighborhood of Homeland in Northeast Baltimore. They'd gotten what seemed to them an unrealistically low appraisal. And so they arranged for another one after they removed any clues that a Black family lived there and asked a white colleague to stand in as homeowner when the appraiser showed up. That second home valuation was much higher, $300,000 more. Professors Connolly and Mott have sued. Professors Connolly and Mott have sued, alleging discrimination in the appraisal process. Here's part of what Professor Connolly told Tom Hall. This is the fundamental black predicament, right? Mm -hmm. Having low appraised value, but high assessed value. So you pay a high tax bill for all kinds of, in some cases, subpar city services. And meanwhile, when it comes to equity, oh, no, thank you. You don't get any of that, right? And so that was what we were being faced with. What can Black homeowners do now to mitigate or counter such biased valuations? I think the first thing they need to know is how much is their home actual actually worth. So generally, just by going to Zillow or Redfin, they can see a general estimate of how much their house is worth. Estet also has 
uh, home valuation on Estat, how much the state believes your house is worth. Estat, that's the State Department of Assessments and Taxation. Yes. Um, If they believe these numbers to be correct, especially the value set by Estat, they can always appeal their assessment and have them come back to their house to reassess the property. Um, So that is what I would recommend. Um, Learning what the value of your home is, comparing it to your neighbors and your neighborhood, and maybe comparing it to um, similarly situated houses and different communities. And then looking at the assessment that Maryland does for you. And then if you do not agree, to what you have or what you're seeing, maybe doing a property uh, property tax appeal so they can come out specifically to reassess your home. Do you think there's enough attention and appetite among elected officials to get something done about these problems? I think it is not. I think it's an issue that is not readily, they're not readily wanting to take on. Um, because we have some other problems that are, I guess are taking their focus in particular. Um, they have like their priorities. And I think this year, the priorities, because we have such a high foreclosure rate, the priority is to keep homeowners in their home and foreclosure prevention or eviction prevention due to COVID-19 and other hardships that people face during COVID-19. Um, But I think this should also become a priority because we do have a tax sale. And because of property assessments and property appraisals, people often lose their home in the annual tax sale auction because they cannot afford their annual property taxes. So I do think this should be a priority as far as um, keeping people in their homes and maintaining communities and neighborhoods. Asia, thank you for this conversation. You're welcome. Asia Mallory is a senior staff attorney at the Maryland Volunteer Lawyer Service. A recent opinion piece in the Baltimore Banner is called Time to Bridge Home Valuation Biases Affecting Black Homeowners. We have a link to the piece at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. Short break now on the record, then we'll hear from members of Maryland's task force on racial bias in home evaluations. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. We just heard how racial bias invades the process of property assessment and appraisals in Maryland, raising barriers to home ownership and generational wealth for people of color. At issue is the misevaluation or under-evaluation in both the government's property assessments and the commercial industry's appraisal of home values. Property appraisals are used when a homeowner is applying for a mortgage to buy a home or to refinance an existing mortgage or to sell their home. 
the General Assembly created the Maryland Task Force on Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity to tackle persistent misevaluation and under-evaluation of property owned by minorities. The task force began meeting last October to study systemic bias in these processes and provide recommendations for solutions. Jacqueline Priestley chairs that task force. She also works as a communication specialist at the public relations firm Oak Hill Strategies. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline. Hi, Sheila. Thank you for having me. Greg Hare is also on the task force. He is Assistant Secretary of the Community Development Administration at the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hi, Sheila. Thank you for having me as well. So, Greg, the Maryland Task Force on Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity, what is it looking at? Uh, Sure thing, uh, Sheila. I will say uh, the task force is looking at uh, a number of different things. I think the first uh, is really government oversight and industry standards. We're focusing on how the state and federal governments, along with the National Appraisal Foundation, can set standards and guidelines that that combat appraisal inequities. I think the other thing we're looking at is appraisal training, uh, developing training for appraisals that conduct physical appraisals to reduce and eliminate implicit and explicit bias. Uh, We're looking at barriers uh, to entering the profession. Uh, We're looking at appraisal reconsideration processes and ensuring that reconsideration processes are easy to understand and straightforward as well as fair. Uh, And we're also looking at these automated valuation models, really assessing the pros and cons of utilizing these AVMs or automated uh, automated valuation models over physical appraisers uh, and understanding what implicit biases are present in those models. Automated evaluation models. I'm not sure I know what that is. Yeah. So the the automated evaluation model comes into play when uh, you don't really have the physical appraisal at the site. Uh, Instead, uh, that's where you see things like these Zestimates or other uh, automated appraisal things that people use online. And so that's really where they're looking at the neighborhood, uh, but they're not actually assessing the physical condition of the property. And so this uh, happens often cases where uh, also where some banks may do uh, like a a line of credit or something like that. So that's uh, where they're not actually coming out and looking at the property uh, real time. It might be either drive by or uh, looking at um, the general conditions. Jacqueline, in 2022, you went to the White House to talk about your personal experience with under-evaluation from a home appraisal. Tell us briefly what happened to you. So, you know, my husband and I, we were building, planning to to build a custom home in Prince George's County, Maryland. And given some of the real estate dynamics in the county here, as compared to other areas, we anticipated that our, would it cost for us to build our home and what the bank would finance for our home may not match. And so you know, we had an appraisal. It was it was lowballed. We got another appraisal. It came in a little better. It was still pretty pretty low. And that's where we were. And that's when we had to come in with the difference. And we were actively involved in our appraisal. We challenged it. We did a lot of things that helped to improve its outcome. But again, going back to what I said earlier, it still was you know, well below even our cost to build, which I know is not always how values are measured, but it's it's a component for which ours was out of alignment, if you will. And Jacqueline, when, when there is an underappraisal, what's the likely impact on a family's finances? Why, why is it important to them? Well, it's, it's like, it's one of those questions, like, where do we begin, right? So the first thing is, 
they have to figure out if you can't buy that home or if you can't refinance your home for whatever you wanted to do, you have to make other decisions. So either the an impact to a family is I may have to walk away from my plans or let's say you, you're a homeowner and, you know, our homes are one of the most expensive purchases we'll ever make in life. And the idea is at some point you pay off your home and or you build equity in your home and you can pass that equity on to your children or to other family members as generational wealth. Well, when families aren't able to accumulate that wealth through their home, they um, miss out on one of the key ways in which families do tend to pass on wealth historically. Um, and so that detriment not only impacts the original homeowner or that subsequent generation, but generations thereafter. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Jacqueline Priestley, chair of the Maryland Task Force on Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity, and with Greg Hare, also on the task force. He's an assistant secretary of the Community Development Administration at the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development. We're talking about racial bias in the home appraisal process. Greg, as you mentioned, one way the task force is looking to address bias in home appraisals is by bringing more people of color into the appraisal profession. What what kind of barriers to the profession exist now? Uh, that's a great question, Sheila. I think uh, the primary barrier uh, to the profession as it uh, before 2021 uh, was this requirement to have essentially a, a supervisory appraiser. And so if you think about the appraisal industry, uh, it's often not minorities. These are like family businesses passed down uh, from generation to generation. Uh, and so that if there is bias in an appraisal process, uh, then it will only continue. However, in 2021, Appraisal uh, Qualifications Board did uh, implement a new standard uh, called PIREA, or essentially the Practical Application of Real Estate Appraisals, where they allow uh, new or uh, aspiring appraisers to essentially just take an, uh, educational courses to meet the requirements. And so that removes that barrier of needing to have that supervisory appraiser, uh, because it does require a lot of pouring into uh, these um aspiring appraisers. And oftentimes, appraisers uh, really don't have time to do it, but they, they will do it when it's family or, or close friends. And so I think that is really helping to eliminate that barrier from a, a appraisal trainee perspective. Jacqueline, some advocates are calling for reparations for families whose homes have been underappraised and who were therefore held back in building family wealth. Is reparations something the task force is looking at? We are looking at all solutions right now um, to improve upon the misvaluations of homes that they don't continue. Um, yeah, but to go a little bit further, you know, we know that racist housing and land use policies and practices have contributed to the social and economic exclusion of Black households. I mean, that, that is a fact here in the U.S. Um, but what I am excited to see is that, you know, there are states and there are local leaders who are developing programs to redress these harms. Um, we're seeing it in places like Evanston, Illinois, for example, which is just north of Chicago, and there are a number of others. And what this really speaks to is that we know that reparations can take diverse forms as um, policy projects, whether on the local or state level. We're seeing how housing assistance and housing placement or you know, community development programs are making a difference and are being implemented as forms of reparative justice. And I look forward to seeing the um, 
you know, we're working on our preliminary drafts as a task force, but um, where there may be a place um, to make such recommendations, I think the task force will do so if, if it's seen appropriate. And, and if the opportunity is there to provide solutions that we can truly see implemented in the state, then we hope to. Greg, what, what do you hope comes out of the task force's work? I think we want to make sure uh, that we are looking at opportunities to ensure that uh, we can recover the resources uh, for the generations of family who were robbed of wealth building opportunities. Uh, but also, as Jacqueline mentioned, you know, one of the problems, uh, one of the solutions that we, we do have, uh, the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development recently announced a new program that increases home ownership opportunities th through in historically redlined communities uh, that called Uplift or utilizing progressive lending investments to finance transformation. And so uh, appraisal bias uh, is the start of it, uh, but the ultimate impact is in some cases you have communities where there's not investment and the cost to build a home is uh, more than you can sell it for. And so to address those impacts, we are really stepping in with a, a grant program to accelerate the pace of new construction and rehabilitation of quality housing and these strategically identified communities across Maryland. And if I could add to that, um, Sheila, you know, what Greg just talked about is just an example of how, while our conversation right now is about, you know, appraisers and appraisals, the issues of the undervaluation of, of Black-owned homes, it's, it goes far beyond just appraisers, right? We know that, that there are many participants in the home finance process. And collectively, we have to all work together to find ways to um, eradicating bias that exists. I'm grateful to you both for this conversation. Thanks, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks, Sheila. Jacqueline Priestley chairs the Maryland Task Force on Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity. Greg Hare, also on the task force, is Assistant Secretary of the Community Development Administration at the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development. The next meeting of the task force is February 20th at 2.30 p.m. You can find out more about the task force and links to where you can watch upcoming meetings at the On the Record page at wypr.org. If you missed parts of our conversation today, don't worry. You can listen back to this episode of On the Record and many others wherever podcasts are found. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow. <laughs>